Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. Okay, so I have some uh, wild things that people have heard on airplanes. Oh, okay. Since I was flying solo into Orlando, the woman next to me was so excited about her new boyfriend's boat and was go- that she was going on and they were going to fuck on it about how excited she uh, was for this trip. I nodded and put my headphones in and about one minute later, she grabbed the cord to my headphone and pulled it out of my ear so she could blather on about it some more. Oh my God. I asked her if she had lost her mother damn mind. Yeah. Oh my god, I would Don't kill someone. Some, oh my god. Yeah, that's rude. Next one, I sat next to a teenage boy and his dad. The kid was telling his dad how much he loved the song Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye. When the kid was finally done talking, the dad just looked at him and said, You're a virgin. <laughs> rude. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he could have just liked the song. Exactly. The it's a good song. It is. Next one, not so much what he said, but sat next to this fully grown man that was playing Plants vs. Zombies for the whole three-hour flight with incredible enthusiasm. Every time a plant got eaten or he killed a difficult zombie, he'd jump in his seat, pump his fist, and aggressively whispered, Yes! Yes! Get him! Yes! (laughs) Oh my god. Next one, some guy told his partner that she didn't need more yarn, and every woman within earshot promptly told him how wrong he was. <laughs> I see all kinds of thing, things about yarn. It must be a thing when you're, uh, what's up? Uh, like not crochet. crochet. Uh, oh, maybe it is crochet. I, I was thinking crochet. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's I a guess, thing, though. Yeah, you can never have enough. <laughs> Uh, I was sitting next to a father with his small child. The child wouldn't stop hopping around until the father said, Sit still and be good or the plane will crash because of you and we will all end up dying. Never seen a kid more quiet before. That's mean. Because then if the plane did go down and he survived somehow, imagine the guilt he would have. Years of therapy. Holy shit. Oh my gosh. You don't say shit like that. No. Next one, quote, I told you many times, Brenda, I'm not shaving my balls. They are my balls and I'm a man. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, next one, I was flying to Seattle from Atlanta and there was a baby crying for the majority of the flight. The parents were doing their best and it really was not their fault. It was just a, a shitty situation. About halfway to Seattle, the man seated in front of the baby snapped and started screaming at the baby and his parents, cursing at them, saying how they were awful parents and he's going to beat them all up, including the baby, uh, to a pulp when they land. The flight attendant tried to ask the guy to calm down and he said he would also beat her up. Mm. The pilot had to come on and tell everyone to calm down or else we had to make an early landing. We made it to Seattle, and the guy ended up having to be tackled by four cops at the gate because he was trying to run away after being approached by them. Oh, my God. What an idiot. Because a baby was crying. Oh, my God. The world is He's going to beat up everybody. Including the baby. Such a man. (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) Uh, Next one, I overheard a passenger passionately arguing with their seatmate about the correct way to eat a slice of pizza with chopsticks. Oh. 
You don't you eat pick it pizza up. with you, chopsticks. You That's the simple answer. <laughs> and the correct answer. <laughs> okay, this one's crazy. I don't know if it's true. Passenger A is, is struggling to get his luggage into the overhead compartment, and passenger B, seated next to me, starts getting upset. A's carry-on clearly doesn't fit. B speaks up, saying to be careful because his luggage is in there. The flight attendant comes over and says passenger A needs to check his bag. A grows increasingly disturbed, but it works out. Then A says to the flight attendant, I'm sorry, it's just that I haven't taken my medication. I get so nervous with all the body bags on board. You know, I have body parts in my luggage. Passenger B turns to me and says, Did you hear that? I just have a laptop in mine. <laughs> what? Um, that is not how you respond. I, I just have a laptop. I don't have any body what parts. What the fuck? Is that weird? <laughs> I'd be like, uh, you better take your medication, dude, yeah, and check your bags. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> Before takeoff, after the doors were closed, a kid about five or six years old turns towards the front the front of the plane. Oh, he's seated towards the front of the plane, stood up on his seat, faced the rest of the plane, and yelled, We're all gonna die <laughs> while his parents tried to pull him back down. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I guess not if you're on that plane. Oh my! Or you're the parents? Oh my God! I'd be oh so God. embarrassed. Yeah, that would be very embarrassing. We're all gonna die. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I might bust out laughing too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just again, you never know if you're, <laughs> how you're gonna react. Uh, next one. I was seated next to a young woman and her boyfriend on the flight about to depart to San Diego. They were going for a romantic getaway, and apparently she decided to find God on the way to the airport. What did that mean? Well, she decided they weren't having sex anymore until he married her, but kissing and holding hands and other PG-rated intimacy were perfectly okay. The boyfriend tried his best not to flip out, but you could tell he was getting agitated. An hour later, uh, in the air, and they're both awkwardly sitting there without saying a word. She gasped and started crying rather loudly. Apparently, he logged onto the plane's Wi-Fi, canceled the hotel, and booked himself a turnaround flight home. Pretty sure they were done. Why, because he couldn't wait? Because he couldn't have sex with her. They were going for a romantic getaway, and she decides on the way there to oh, well, yeah, I could kind find of God. Yeah. <laughs> he's like... I'd be, you know, fuck you. Yeah. He, he, you know he spent a shit ton of money yeah. for this romantic getaway so he could get laid yeah big time and she was like mm, no and he'd probably been getting laid absolutely this time. absolutely yeah no sorry yeah that's not how it works <laughs> if, if that's how the relationship started that's one thing sure absolutely then he knew what he was getting exactly. himself into and he was okay with it mm -hmm. but yeah she's been fucking him for who knows how long and then, and then, then all of a sudden eh, on the way done. to their romantic yeah. getaway yeah no you can't yeah no. why bother going then exactly <laughs> Uh, next one, a guy was coming home early to bust his cheating wife. He was on the phone with a family uh, friend or family member who told him the other guy was at his house and they didn't expect him back until the next week. Oh my gosh, I wanted to hear the end of that. Mm -hmm. Next one, while we were literally about to touch down, a lady got up and started walking urgently toward the bathroom. The captain 
cabin crew immediately started saying, Madam, we're about to land. You have to sit down. The lady responded by screaming in a panic, I'm going to shit myself. They allowed her to continue. Yeah. Holy I totally shit. get that woman. I know. What are if you going to do? If you got to go, oh my God. you got to go. It don't matter what the fuck is going on. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, next one, a five-year-old boy once said, Dad, can you come... Or can you ask them to pull over so I can go to the toilet? <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. And my last one. Once on a 10-hour flight, the captain got on the intercom right before takeoff to blast techno music and tell us it's taco party time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I would die. <laughs> and those are mine for the beginning. All right. I did true horror stories that will give you nightmares. Ooh. So these are these could just be anything. Okay. Let me get my reading glasses because I'm old as fuck. <laughs> a few years ago, my boss went on holiday for a couple of weeks to Spain. Midway through the holiday, he got a phone call from the police informing him that his sister had passed away in a fire in her flat. So he rushes back home early, deals with the police and the passing and everything. My employers told him to take some time off to grieve, which he duly did. When he came back to work on a Monday morning, a few weeks later, we invited him into our coffee room to talk and offer him sympathies and support. About half an hour later, he excuses himself to start work. He walks into his office, sits down at his desk, turns on his computer, and checks to see if there are any phone messages. And the very first message that plays is his sister screaming down the phone, Help me! Help me! I'm trapped and I can't breathe! (gasps) Sends chills down my spine to think about it. As you can imagine, he was pretty traumatized. Oh my god. That is horrifying. Yeah. That is awful. That poor guy. My grandfather told me this story about one time he was sitting in a chair in front of the house when he heard his wife repeatedly calling him from inside the house. The thing is, my grandmother passed away a few years before that. But he told me that the voice was so pressing that he actually got up to look inside the house and as soon as he got inside, he heard a loud crash behind him and turned around to see that the chair he had been sitting in moments ago had been crushed by the cast iron gutter that fell on it. If he didn't come inside the house, he would have probably been seriously injured. Every time I think about it, it sends chills down my spine. Fuck yeah, that's creepy. There's a lot of stories like that. So yeah. if you ever hear any voices telling you to do something, just do it. Yeah. I was an RA in a dorm for two years in college. A girl who had been having stress issues finally snapped. She was found by someone in a dark stairwell. I was in an older dorm circa 1887, so there were plenty of nooks and crannies. By the time she was found, she had already torn over half of her hair and eaten it. What? She just kept on saying, I just need a haircut. In a perfectly normal voice. It took six of us and the police sedating her to finally get her strapped down to an ambulance gurney. To this day, I can't forget how powerful she was. She couldn't have weighed over 120 pounds, yet she had this sort of superhuman ability to rip her arms away to tear out another clump of hair and stuff it into her mouth, all with a perfectly straight face. What the fuck? Did that sound No. And that sounds like she was possessed or something. Well, it said she snapped. Like, stre- could stress really fucking do that I, to someone? Well, stress is pretty bad. I, I mean, guess so. Holy shit. I guess if, you, if you're... If you, I mean, it was obviously a mental breakdown. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. That's scary. That's very scary. Driving home with a buddy from the high school summer job at the local amusement park. It's about three in the morning and there is no traffic at all. Get stuck at the red light that never ends. And while we are waiting, another car pulls up next to us. A big black hearse in immaculate condition with a clown in the driver's seat. Oh my God. With full makeup and costume on. No. He never moved, didn't look at us, nothing. Just stared straight ahead the whole time. Oh my God. That's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That'd be so scary though. (laughs) I would probably be cracking up if I saw it, obviously. Yeah, I probably would laugh until he gave me a reason not to. But, well, yeah. But yeah, that's pretty funny. But a clown in a hearse? Yeah, that's, that's great. great. <laughs> in September 2014, a Utah boy discovered his parents and three brothers deceased after arriving home. Oh. The Salt Lake Tribune reported finding a to-do list in the house, which included tasks like feed the pets and find someone to watch the house written on it. The found list gave the impression that the parents were preparing to go on vacation. However, there was no suicide note, no warning that they would do this, and no explanation. After autopsies, it was revealed that the five family members consumed a lethal concoction of drugs that September day. However, why and how the parents and kids consumed the drugs remained a mystery. Sometime later, police revealed more terrifying information about the case. According to the family members' statements and parents' motivations included believing that the world's end was near and frequently spoke of leaving this world. Apparently, scared of the apocalypse, their parents poisoned the kids and themselves. Oh my god, that's creepy. Just don't. I don't get it. I don't get it either. In 2007, ABC News reported on a series of ominously precise grave threats made to different families via cell phones. The families claim that the calls which threatened to slay their children, pets, and grandparents came in any time at night. According to one family, the callers seemed to know when the kids left for school and when they were home alone. Families also received voicemails with recordings of their private conversations. According to the victims, the caller was aware of their activities and what they were wearing. The family of Courtney Kuykendall 16, said that her cell phone started sending text messages to her friends by itself in February, which is when the family's problem began. The Kuykendall family also reported a caller having a scratchy voice and threatening to slice their throats, which continued for months. Another victim received, or reported receiving a call from an unknown caller saying they preferred lemons when the woman was slicing limes in her kitchen. The police couldn't find the perpetrators. The creepy, old-fashioned porcelain doll with a Victorian appearance, red lips, rosy cheeks, and blue eyes referring to Annabelle may come to mind when one thinks of a haunted doll. However, it's unlikely that anyone still keeps one in their house, unless that house is Warren's Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut. However, those dolls are not the only ones getting possessed. Disney's Frozen Elsa doll, given as a Christmas 2013 gift in the Houston region, made headlines when it appeared to start acting paranormal. For two years, the doll was working as it was technically supposed to, reciting phrases from the movie and singing Let It Go when a button was pressed. In 2015, it started randomly alternating between English and Spanish languages. The woman who purchased the doll claimed that even with its switch off, the doll would start speaking and singing randomly. In December 2019, the family chose to get rid of the Elsa doll 
Despite tossing it in the garbage, the family eventually discovered it hidden inside a bench in their living room weeks later. Following the discovery, Elsa started to speak and sing solely in Spanish. Soon after, which the family made another attempt to scrap the Elsa doll, the doll was double-bagged and put at the bottom of the garbage can, which was soon picked up by waste collectors. The family left for a trip sometime later, but when they were back, the haunted doll was waiting in their backyard. In their last attempt, the family sent Elsa through the mail to a Minnesota family friend who fastened the possessed doll to the front bumper of his truck. According to the woman's most recent update, in October 2020, the doll hasn't returned to Houston yet. That is creepy as fuck. Yeah, it is. What the fuck? I want to know if that family spoke Spanish. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if they knew what what the doll was saying when it was speaking Spanish. Ooh. Hmm. Around 1980, a single mother of a toddler, Dorothy Jane Scott, started getting threatening phone calls at work. She paid the calls little attention until one night when the ominous voice on the other end of the line instructed her to look outside. On her car's windscreen was a single withered rose. The stalker would alternate between declaring his love for her and making threats of physical harm. The caller's voice sounded familiar, but Dorothy couldn't place who it was, and she never got to find out. At a staff meeting, Dorothy noticed that one of her co-workers appeared unwell. She and another co-worker took the man to a neighboring hospital. Dorothy went outside to the parking lot while her two co-workers waited for the prescription to be filled. She, was seen again af- she wasn't seen again after that. According to her co-worker's testimony, they went outside to meet her in the parking lot after she didn't return. They suspected a problem had occurred with her son, when they spotted her car rushing away as soon as they left the building. Neither her son nor anyone else ever saw or heard from Dorothy again. Her burned remains were discovered at a construction site four years later. The discovery of a collection of dog bones next to her remains added even more confusion to the case. No one has ever been found guilty or detained on suspicion. The caller has never been located. In February 1957, in Philadelphia, a college student discovered a young boy's remains in the woods and called the police to report his horrifying find. Visibly severely beaten, the boy was found unresponsive inside an old bassinet box. No one knew who the young victim was. Numerous people came forward with information about the crime. Still, the police could not verify any of their claims, and many theories were dismissed. However, the media and police have shown much interest in two theories. Each one has been thoroughly examined. In February 2002, a woman only known as Martha brought forward one of the main case theories. Martha asserted that the boy named Jonathan was bought from his biological parents in the summer of 1954 by her violent mother. She claimed that the boy experienced physical and carnal torture inside the home. Martha knew of information that had not been made public, raising the police's attention to her statement. The woman claimed that the young boy had baked beans just before being battered to demise, supporting the autopsy findings. She also said that he had been showered just before he passed away, which was consistent with the coroner's discovery of water-pruned fingertips. Although Martha's testimony appeared consistent with the evidence, her extensive history of mental illness rendered her an unreliable witness. The case stays unsolved and is open to this date. The boy remains unidentified and his grave in Philadelphia at Ivy Hill Cemetery 
has a large headstone bearing the world America's unknown child. That's sad. It is sad. It's bullshit, too. Why do people have to be dicks? I don't know. It's fucking disgusting. It is. In August 2016, Kennedy Ife, 26, of North London, reportedly started acting strangely and aggressively after experiencing throat pain. Before his family restrained him to a bed using cable ties and excessive force, he allegedly bit his father, threatened to cut off his own penis, and spoke of having a python or snake inside of him. According to his brother, Kennedy needed to be restrained because he would hurt either himself or his family members. After Kennedy had been confined to his bed for three days, his brother called emergency services and explained that he had been complaining of dehydration. When the emergency services arrived, he was pronounced deceased at 10.17 a.m. The court was informed that the family spent those three days trying to heal Kennedy through restraint and prayer. All seven of Kennedy Ife's relatives were charged with manslaughter, false imprisonment, and allowing a vulnerable adult to pass away. Kennedy Ife's body had over 60 wounds, including what seemed to be a bite. On March 14, 2019, following a four-day jury deliberation, all seven family members were found not guilty of manslaughter. That's weird. Yeah, that's That would weird. be a hard one to, to be a jury on, yeah. I think. Yeah, but, I mean... They didn't get him medical attention when he needed it. Yeah. Because they thought praying yeah. was going to heal him, and that's exactly. not right. They should not have been found not guilty. No. That's awful. But, of course, there's, you know, things that we don't know. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. That's, I, wow. Because, I mean, there had to have been something because, you know, there's, what, 12 people on a jury? Yeah. Well, I think that was in London, though. Oh. I don't know what there's. Um, yeah, I don't know. But more than one person. Right. So every yeah. person would have to agree. Yeah, that's true. So something had something had to have been going on that yeah. we don't know about. I mean, I don't think they meant to. They didn't mean for that to happen. No, but you're right. Any kind of situation like that, if it's something you can't handle, then you find someone that can. Exactly. That's, you know? that's my point. Like, I don't see, yeah. uh, you know, you're, you're true. You're, that's right. I don't know. I didn't listen to the case or anything but wow i can't believe they got away with it yeah in his adolescence ira einhorn gave himself the moniker the unicorn his german last name translated into english when he slayed his ex-girlfriend holly maddox einhorn was an environmentalist and supporter of the anti-war movement after leaving Einhorn's Philadelphia residence in early September 1977 to collect her belongings, Maddox vanished. When authorities questioned Maddox's ex-boyfriend about her whereabouts a few weeks after the disappearance, he said she had discovered en route to the local co-op. Or, he said she had disappeared en route to the local co-op. Eighteen months later, the police discovered Maddox's partially mummified body in a trunk in Einhorn's closet after neighbors complained to the authorities about a foul stench. Oh my god. Einhorn fled to Europe a few days before he was set to go on trial. As he had previously been arraigned, Einhorn was tried, found guilty, and given a sentence in absentia. Despite this, Einhorn spent 23 years in France and even got married while deftly avoiding extradition. In 2002, the American government was able to 
repatriate? Repatriate? Does that sound? I don't know. Him and reconvict him. Defending himself, he stated that the CIA had slayed his ex-girlfriend and had set him up. Einhorn was convicted and served a life sentence without the chance of parole until he passed away in prison in 2020. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. I think he was trying with that uh, CIA thing, I think he was trying to make himself seem like he was crazy or something. Probably. <laughs> nice try, buddy. <laughs> In 1977, Colleen Stan, 20, was hitchhiking from her home in Eugene, Oregon to a friend's birthday when her abductor, Cameron Hooker, and his wife, Janice, picked her up. The following seven years, Stan would spend a large portion of her time, sometimes up to 23 hours a day, imprisoned in a wooden box without access to light, sound, or fresh air, eating cold food scraps and using a bedpan. The young woman was also exploited sexually by Cameron using various items. Throughout those seven years, Stan was occasionally given freedom. She would have to care for her captor's children, cook and clean for herself, was allowed to go jogging, visit her family on her own, and even get a job. Still, she was always kept in place by brainwashing and threats, including claims that a mysterious and dangerous group known as The Company would slay her and her entire family if she tried to flee. But everything changed when Cameron said that Stan should be his second wife. Stan ultimately boarded a bus and escaped to her family. At the same time, Janice cooperated fully and turned in her husband in exchange for immunity. Stan, only a few months away from turning 28 at the time, wasn't free of her suffering until August of 1984. Even then, the many years of torture and brainwashing had kept her from reporting what had happened to the authorities. When the entire story was revealed to the public, it startled not only the police, but the world as a whole, spawning hundreds of films, TV shows, and even songs. That's crazy. That's crazy. That they can keep someone... She was going jogging and yeah. visiting people and still, still went back? Brainwashed. That's crazy. Wow. If you've ever been to Portland or you know that our public transportation system is pretty nice and the MAX system has a tram that runs between the airport and the city center until fairly late at night. I was coming home from seeing my family at Christmas, and my flight came in very late, so I was lucky enough to catch the last Max home. Because it was so late, it was just me and a guy who looked homeless sitting a few seats ahead of me. He was sleeping with his head against the window. I paid little attention to him, but noticed his head lolling around and wondered if he was wasted. Anyway, we get to the city center, and there are cops waiting there because apparently the homeless guy sitting in front of me is being escorted off the train, or tram. Airport security had tried to get him off before and thought he was ignoring them and refusing to move, and that's when both the cops and I found out that the guy had been deceased the whole time. Oh my god. He had overdosed at some point before the Max had even arrived at the airport. We had been riding on that dark midnight ride alone together while one of us was fairly deceased. Oh my god, that's creepy. That is gross. <laughs> I don't like it. In 2015, the Bretzuis family in Auburn, Pennsylvania wanted to insulate their home. While doing so, they soon discovered that their wall cavity had been used to store dozens of deceased animal carcasses, half-used spices, and other items. Other than that, the deceased animals were all wrapped in newspapers from the 1930s and 40s. After discovering all the deceased animals, the family sent the artifacts to a specialist to learn why someone would leave them in the, the house's walls. 
The expert claimed that the previous owner was most likely using Dutch magic, often known as powwowing, to treat ailments. The Bretzuis family still doesn't know by whom or why animal carcasses were stuck into the house's walls. They also claimed that the mold on the decaying corpses in their home made them sick and that the odor just wouldn't go away. Ugh, yikes. And this is my last story. My grandmother's entire life had a recurring nightmare. In this nightmare, she would be walking down a long dark hallway, turn to the left, open a door, and see something terrible. She'd always wake up before seeing what it was. In her 40s, she, her husband, my dad, and my aunt were on vacation. They booked the hotel at the last minute, so they ended up having to get two rooms with two twin beds on opposite sides of the floor. My dad wakes up around 3 a.m. and can automatically tell something's not right. He calls out in the darkness, Dad? No response. He turns on the bedside light. Dad, he says a little louder this time. Still no response. Getting worried, he slides out of bed and shakes his father. He doesn't wake up. My dad ran down the hall, down the hotel hallway to my grandma's room and started banging on the door. My grandma worriedly opens the door and my dad shouts, something's wrong with dad. He leads her down the hallway, a long hallway, to the last door on the left. My grandmother reaches the door, turns to the left and sees her husband deceased in bed heart attack she never had the dream again oh my gosh that's horrible it's crazy you know i heard that if you like it's not necessarily normal for you to remember a dream and if you do it's supposed to be like a message i heard that but i have super like vivid dreams that i remember they can't all be messages. I mean, you never know. You never know. I have a extremely... Oh, the, um, they did say that, like, for you to remember a dream from, like, your childhood or something is extremely rare. Like, that's not... And I vividly remember having a dream one time when I was little. And do you remember that big um i guess it was a vent outside my room in that hallway what house are we talking about the, the one our house i, I don't oh, okay yeah one. yeah i remember so a, an alien woke me up shrunk me down we went on his spaceship and we went flying through the house i remember going through that vent that vent into the basement i remember the air on my face I remember like seeing the pipes and stuff in the basement while we were flying around. It's That's super vivid. Crazy. Yeah. You now, know. when I was younger, and this was like, I was really young. I remember a dream I had. That was super weird. I remember. I'm pretty sure. We were in Indiana at this point, but my dream in my dream I was at the house that we used to live in in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I was running down the sidewalk and Uncle Pat was chasing me with a gun. Oh my god. And he shot me. Oh my god. And then I woke up. That's weird. It's super weird. Plus I was super young and I still remember it to this day. That's so weird. So if that was a message, what the fuck kind of message is that? Maybe he was a killer in his last life. I don't know, but that's creepy. That's yeah. <laughs> but no, I I have dreams that are like movies yeah i do too and if i get up in the middle of one i'm pissed 
Oh, really? I want to know what happens. I hate because when I when I dream like that, when it's really super vivid like that, I actually feel like I'm there, and usually it's not like great, you know, no. like it's not a fantastic time or anything. So I I'm like I don't like that feeling that I'm actually like somewhere else. Mm. That's how I feel. Anyway, that's crazy. All right, so I have some more personal unsolved mysteries. One morning during my sophomore year of high school, I woke up with a really high fever. My mom told me that I should stay home and rest, but I had a major exam later that day and begged her to let me go to school. She wouldn't budge, so I I decided or she wouldn't budge, so I ended up falling asleep on the couch in the living room. 3 hours later at almost 10 o'clock, I woke up and my fever was completely gone. I told my mom and she agreed to let me go to school. When I finally got on campus, I walked to the classroom for my next subject. My classmates were already outside the classroom waiting to be let in. They asked me where I had come from. I told them I just got to school. They all looked really confused. They said they had saw me in the first class that morning. I was shocked. It wasn't until later that day that I got the full story. It turns out nearly all of my classmates saw, quote unquote, me walk into the classroom for first period and sit down, including our teacher. My seat was in the front row, so it would be really hard to miss me. They said I didn't speak and had very a very severe look on my face. When class ended and everyone headed to their lockers to, to prepare for the next class, nobody noticed that I had disappeared. That was around 10 o'clock when I had woke up at home. I really wanted to go to school that day. Turns out, I did. Isn't that creepy? That is creepy. What the hell? I don't know. I don't know. Next one, in about 1971 or so, I had a townhouse apartment. I woke up suddenly in the middle of the night, but oddly didn't open my eyes. I felt someone looking at me, and for some reason I knew that if they saw I was awake, they would kill me. I was terrified, but forced myself to keep my eyes closed. I didn't move and eventually drifted off back to sleep. The next morning, when I woke up, all seemed fine until I went downstairs to find the back door wide open and my cat, who normally slept with me, was hiding behind the toilet in the downstairs bathroom. I swear to this day, someone had been in my house looking at me while I slept and might have well killed me if they knew I had woken up. Mm. What the fuck? I don't know. That's creepy. Next one, my mom was a non-believer in anything paranormal or odd, but she used to tell me a story all the time about her older sister. After their mother passed away, her older sister started having a dream of their mom coming back, sitting at the foot of her bed, and talking to her. Her mom would then say, Sweetie, you need to go to the doctor right away. There's something wrong. My aunt would wake up the next morning, writing it off as a dream. This happened about four or five times. Towards the end of the year, my aunt had a similar dream, only this time her mom said, It's too late, sweetie. I'm sorry. Oh, no. A few months later, my aunt was feeling sick and finally went to the doctor. She was soon diagnosed with a very progressive cancer. I can't remember the exact name as I was young at the time. The the doctors pretty much said it was the type of cancer that had a nearly 99% survival rate if they'd caught it soon enough. But at that point, it was too late. She died a couple months later. That sucks. Yeah. Always listen to your mother. Seriously. Even if she's dead. (laughs) Especially then. They know more then, right? (laughs) 
honestly though i probably would have written it off too it's a dream but like i mean she remembered it and it happened over and over again like yeah maybe if it did it over and over i'd be like maybe i should go to the doctor just to see you know (laughs) uh next one my wife and i have been foster parents for 10 years and over the years have adopted several children one of our adopted daughters who had been five has been with us since she was three months old Although she had occasionally seen her biological grandparents, birthdays, Christmases, and other occasions, she only met her biological mother once when she was three. One morning around 5 a.m., she came in our room and woke us up, asking a lot of questions about her biological mother. Prior to this point, she had never really asked questions like these about her. We didn't think anything of it until my wife received a call at uh, a call five hours later from the biological grandparents letting us know that their daughter's that our daughter's biological mother had died unexpectedly around 5 a.m. that morning. We all think that the biological mother came in a dream to say goodbye one last time. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Next one. uh, The strangest unsolved mystery in my life is a tale of the singing lamp. I'd just gotten my wisdom teeth out and was spending my days laying in the bedroom feeling miserable. One day, my lamp started playing music. I was pretty drugged up on painkillers, so I figured it was just a dream or a hallucination, but then my mom and dad heard it too. This was not a musical lamp. It was a very generic lamp that had been in the house for ages. It was one of a set of two lamps, and its partner never played music. We even tried to make them both we even tried taking them both apart and couldn't find anything to explain it. The singing lamp, as it came to be known, played an off-key version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, but it didn't do it every time we turned it on. Then, about a month later, it stopped playing music forever. We never figured out why it did that. Neither my parents are the type of people to play surreal pranks on their sick and miserable teenage daughter, and there wasn't anyone else that could have done it. Our best theory is that the ghost from my grandpa was messing with me. It would be in his character. That's creepy as fuck. What? Any off-tune music is creepy, but then for it to come out as something that shouldn't be, it shouldn't play? Music? It shouldn't do anything but light up a room. What That's the fuck? creepy. That's <laughs> creepy. And shame on Grandpa. <laughs> if that was Grandpa. <laughs> oh, my hey. God. That is, he needs to, like, I don't know, do something crazier than that for the world because that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Next one, for as long as I have known my husband, which is nearly 50 years, he's had deja vu experiences. They are random and only last seconds, but he knows what is going to happen for about 15 to 30 seconds into the future. The most profound experience happened one Sunday at a bagel shop in our town. We were sitting down with the food and coffee we had just picked up, and he said he was experiencing deja vu. He said, see that guy at the table? He's going to get up and ask for more cream. A second gal putting on an apron will come back from, uh, come from the back and direct him to the condiment table. Those girls will finally get up, get in line and order, and giggle at some of the bagel names. The lady in the bright yellow raincoat will come through the front door and get in line behind the girls. As soon as he said this, it was as if someone said action and everything he had said began to happen, just as he said. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's like premonition shit. That, yeah, that seems like a little bit more than deja vu. And, well, but what what is that? Thirty to, 15 to 30 seconds into the future? Wow, is that going to help anybody? Or like, what well, is that? It's not. 
I used to get deja vu all the time. I it's been a long time since I've had deja vu. Hmm. Yeah, I used to get it a long a lot. I wonder what it is. I don't know. They say it's us remembering us writing that in our oh. blueprint before we get here. Well, I must have ran out of ideas because mine stopped a long time ago. <laughs> but it is a really weird feeling. It is. It is. Uh, this happened back in high school. In my country, we get the opportunity to travel abroad with the school, partly for fun, partly for educational purposes, during our senior year, so I did. I was sharing a room with two of my friends while my twin brother, uh, both due to gender differences and own preferences, was on another floor with his friends. One night around ten, uh, 9 or 10, he messaged me asking for a phone charger. I went down to bring him one and saw some of our other classmates in his room. One even managed to sneak in a bit of alcohol, so they invited me to stay for a bit. A bit meant that I came back to my room at 2 a.m. and went to bed. The next day during breakfast, one of the roommates jokingly asked me if I had hearing problems. It turns out she woke up in the middle of the night and saw me sitting on my bed glaring at my phone. I didn't scroll or touch it, I just looked at it. She glanced at her own to see the time and saw it was 1 a.m. So she asked me why I wasn't asleep. I didn't answer, so she turned around and went back to sleep. To make it even weirder, our other roommate, who was an extremely light sleeper, said she remembers being woke up by the conversation, except she claims I responded with, I can't sleep. She fell asleep shortly after and woke up again, this time when she heard me sneaking into my bed later that night, since our beds were right next to each other. She just assumed I was getting... I was finally getting ready for bed. This was about five years ago, and we still have no idea what happened. That's creepy. That is so creepy. It's another doppelganger. It is a doppelganger. Just sitting there being weird. Yes. I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next one. In the summer of 78, I was in eighth grade and went to a summer camp with the scouts. Uh, All week long, I was singing Breakfast in America by Supertramp out loud with glee. I had memorized every line, and all of my friends were asking me what I was singing. I could not believe that not a single one of them had heard it before, as it had uh, topped the charts. As it turns out, the song was released in September of 1979, a whole year later. Oh, that's weird. That is weird. Did they time slip into another dimension? Oh, wow. Next one, nine years ago, I lived in in the south in Tornado Alley, which was known for its severe storms. One night, we had a misty rain with a slight breeze, certainly not a windy storm. I carefully locked my front door and went to bed. An hour later, I awakened to the strong smell of smoke and a strange orange glow. I ran down the hall and stopped dumbfounded as as I saw my front door, which I had locked securely, opened not just a crack but all the way wispy smoke was coming in too i ran to the garage and looked through the windows the house next door was fully engulfed in flames which were shooting out and threatening to ignite my roof as well i called 911 i lived in that house for seven years never before or after that event did my front door ever blow open in any of the severe storms that we had experienced i'm left with several internal questions um, who or what opened my front door? Hmm. That's crazy. I would die if I got up and my front door was standing oh, wide God. open. Could you imagine? I would flip out. Yeah, like, 
that would be i like what you know what i mean I, the first thing i would be afraid of is where the cats are oh yeah where are the cats yeah like where are the cats who left this open and why is it open like is there someone in here yeah, is there someone in here oh my gosh that would be so freaking scary uh next one one year my wife and i wanted to visit some friends in reno our daughter was invited to visit friends in washington dc at the same time so i jumped on the computer and ordered tickets from the airlines i even wrote down our order numbers the tickets were ordered months in advance so when we received both of ours and our daughters a week later i placed them in, a, in an envelope in the drawer of my nightstand a month or so went by and our friends in reno wanted to know the time and date of arrival so they could meet us at the airport we went to the nightstand and to our surprise only one ticket was in there our daughters we looked everywhere and couldn't find the two the other two having written down the information i decided to call the airline to have them reissue the tickets when I provided them with the name and confirmation number, they said they had no record of me or the confirmation number I gave them. Weird. They are not supposed to go to Reno. Uh, apparently not. I do not go to Reno, yeah, I would say. I'd be like, okay, I changed my mind. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I get like, it. I'm your, da- your daughter's fine. She can go. That plane's not going <laughs> to crash into a mountain. Close to 10 years ago, my family and I went to PetSmart to adopt a cat as a a companion for our other cat who had anxiety and needed a friend. I remember her as a young tortoiseshell kitten named Tot who had a brother named Tater. Don't. Aww. That is so cute. cute. (laughs) Uh, When we adopted her, we had her fixed and everything was going well. The two cats got along together and they would sleep with us in bed. Tot liked to curl up near my head each night, and I distinctly remember how loud her purring was compared to our boys. A few months later, for personal reasons, we had to return her to the adoption agency, and it was heartbreaking. Years later, however, when I wondered wondered how she was doing and brought her up to my husband and daughter, they looked at me like I had three heads. Neither of them remembered the sweet tortoiseshell kitten named Tot. I couldn't even find pictures we had taken of her to prove she existed. It was like I had dreamed for three months about another cat living in our home. To this day, no one remembers her but me. That's weird. That is weird. And this is my last one. I wore my favorite fleece, uh, bala- uh, I can't pronounce this word. Balaclava? 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 Uh, yeah, Bala- that one's a hard one for me to do, too. Uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uniquely colored and personally embroidered during... Uh, daily during winter until I lost it. It was very special to me as it reminded me of a happy time in my life. Fast forward to three years later, I was in a public restroom of my new workplace. I passed the empty sinks on my way to the stalls, not noticing anything unusual. I was the only one in the restroom. It was a cold day and I had forgotten my hat, so I was thinking of how great it would have been to have my missing but yeah yeah (laughs) you know uh well when i came out to wash my hands my missing they said it again (laughs) just say hat okay my missing hat was sitting on top of one of the sinks like it had been there the whole time to this day i have no idea or explanation how it got there shut up that is weird that is crazy what that is crazy that oh my gosh it's like her new workplace and like what yeah how i mean 
if it was some place that you went to all the time sure there's I could probably be like, some kind of explanation but maybe i mean like someone literally like small world but they had to have found it and left it in that bathroom but if there was no one in there and she didn't see it when she walked in that's weird that is so weird weird okay those are mine all right must mean it is time for the witty rap. Yay, witty rap. Okay, I did funny tweets. Okay. I want my 13-year-old to in- understand how important honesty is, but also she's only 12 when we buy movie tickets. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's funny. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Road trip. Husband, day one. Absolutely no eating in the car. Husband, day four. Handing brisket to the kids in the back seat. <laughs> That's funny. After bursting into my screaming daughter's room to find a fly on her pillow, I learned we really need to discuss the meaning of emergency. <laughs> that is an emergency. Now, if it was a spider, okay. But there's a, a bug. fly. There's no. a bug. Our kids' music teacher was introducing seven eight meter seven slash eight meter seven eighths meter but she was counting it like one two three four five six seven breathe making it actually just four four and my wife was grinning at me as i slowly lost my mind okay (laughs) that's funny okay so usually they go one two three four one two three four this person was going one two three four five six seven breathe one <laughs> two that is irritating okay <laughs> i guess you have to be a music person to get that one i i'm not so you're welcome <laughs> the stages of sharing a vacation rental with another family are one no. wish we were more like them two at least we're not like them <laughs> Yeah, just don't ever do that. No. (laughs) No. Absolutely not. That is not a vacation. Oh, no. That is a nightmare for me. Oh, me too. Strangers in a place? No. 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 Even someone I know. (laughs) Absolutely. No. That's even worse. Then you have to be like on the whole time. That's the opposite of vacation. Telling a child not to touch something only ensures that child is definitely now going to touch that something. But... If you do it the opposite, they still touch it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. What you say. Before I became a parent, I had no idea there were so many different ways to count to three. How, how many speeds? Yes. <laughs> One. <laughs> Don't make me get to three. <laughs> Five years later. <laughs> My wife still brings up that one time in 2013, I was indecisive about which shirt to wear after her water broke. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I'd be bringing it up too, motherfucker. <laughs> Grab one of my shirts. I don't yeah. give a shit. Let's go. Don't fucking wear one. Let's go. <laughs> my youngest found an I'm a big sister t-shirt, wore it to camp, and now it'll take nine months till the neighborhood believes I'm not pregnant. <laughs> She just liked the shirt. I tucked in my darling seven-year-old daughter and pulled close, pulled close her drapes. 
pulled close her drapes. That sounds weird. We know what you mean. I kissed her goodnight, and she asked Alexa to serenade her to sleep. Alexa, play Freak on a Leash. it i was hoping i said that low enough <laughs> now it's gonna start playing watch here it goes corn although i do love that song it's a good song i love that song i love corn i love their uh nightmare before christmas song sandy claws i don't think i've ever heard oh i love it oh my gosh that's funny <laughs> i know it's gonna start it is you know your kids are getting older when they start to argue the logic of daniel tiger I don't know who that is. I think that's a cartoon. Oh. Pretty sure. The little kids behind us as we fly into Hawaii. Do we get to land in the ocean? I'm going to miss that tiny toilet. I thought we were going to Mexico. <laughs> there are three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and your kids have lost the remote again. Um, they all suck. <laughs> yeah, they do. Hate to break it to you, but cancel culture is real. I made one high hungry I'm dad joke when my daughter had friends over and from now on when she has friends over I have to be in a different room. <laughs> That's great. It's so fun when you reach that point in parenthood when your kids are so embarrassed of you because you just you just try so much harder. Oh my gosh. It's great. I used to sit there and I would sing to Peyton. There wasn't another soul around us, but he would get so oh, embarrassed. Yeah. It's great. It's fun. It's so fun. <laughs> if you want your kids to respect you, you must beat them in Mario Kart. Oh. They solved it. They unlocked yeah. it. They unlocked yeah. parenthood. I have to do everything around here. My child, who doesn't even wipe his own ass. <laughs> god then what did he have to do <laughs> why did he say that peyton tried that i think one time he's like why do i why do i have to do all this stuff i was like oh okay you want to you want to switch places here then okay you have to do this and this and this and this and this and this and then he's just staring at me yeah. and he's like never mind, never mind. <laughs> yeah that's yeah, what i thought they don't even think they don't even they know. have no clue yeah my favorite thing in TV shows is when they show actual childhood photos of the actor because you know the actor had to ask their mom if they had any old photos of them for their TV show and you know she was so excited to dig up her favorite ones for everyone to see her baby on TV. Oh, that's sweet! <laughs> Get you a four-year-old so you can hear them say things like, when are we going to stop this car so I can get some hugs? Aww, that's sweet. <laughs> Whoever designed toddlers really knew what they were doing. I left my two-year-old alone for a minute, and he completely trashed the room. And when I walked in, he just looked at looked up at me, all wide-eyed, with his arms out, and goes, "What I dude? Aww, <laughs> Aww. <laughs> you didn't do nothing. You didn't do nothing. You're sweet. Damn it." <laughs> I knew exactly what he do. <laughs> little shit. <laughs> That's what you're thinking later on at night. Yeah. Dad. God damn it. <laughs> what did I do? 
<laughs> so cute. <laughs> oh my gosh. And this is my last one. My son was already cuddling with my wife by the time my daughter made her way to our room this morning, prompting her to throw herself to the ground in protest. <laughs> so now the official cuddle rankings in the family are my wife, cold hard tile floor, me. <laughs> and that's all I got. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Send in your stories, uh, ghouls, ghouls Night Out Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you next week. Later. Bye.